man. Welcome to the after show with the Mad Dog and Cole, the forever cheerleader, Farrell. Tell the lawyers to stand down. Amen. I decided to fly through the air and live in the sunlight and enjoy life as much as I could, and that's just what I'm doing. Thank you, that incredible voice of Mr. Evil Knievel bringing us into episode 70, if you can believe it. Yeah, man. So, so grateful. We should all take a little time, take a little bit. You don't got to fly through the air, but man, definitely take some time to live in the sunlight and enjoy life. Absolutely. 70 episodes. That is that doesn't even sound real in a good way. In a good way, it doesn't sound real. But 70 episodes. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And thank you to all our loyal listeners. Thank you for referring us. We continue to grow and grow. Um, you know, the numbers are great. And uh, the feedback is fair. <laughs> <laughs> feedback is great. We appreciate every single one of you that tune in every week. And take a listen to our silliness thank you so much and know that we could not do it without our first responders and all of our active and retired military personnel uh we absolutely could not do this podcast uh kind of self-reflecting but over 70 episodes thinking about how many times the first responders have come to my aid my friend's aid my family's aid uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to call on them, but when they're there, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're proud to have them. So thank you again to our active and retired military, our, uh, POWs, our KIAs, our MIAs, all the families of active and retired military could not do this podcast, uh, with all, without all of your brave, uh, contributions. Yep. Absolutely. And we're so grateful for all that, and man. Speaking of being grateful, I've been out here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, for the last week, um, with, uh, doing some stuff with team kicker and the arena cross. And I am so grateful for the guys, the crew, the incredible family at kicker performance audio and for their amazingly fantastic products, undying dedication to building the best quality audio product and shout out Mr. Irby for keeping demanding that we keep it at an everyday, every man day price. Um, find them online kicker.com on Instagram at kicker audio and every other Tuesday on their YouTube channel, on their Facebook and on Instagram live for the kicker unmasked live TV show course bomber eyewear bomber floating eyewear bomber safety eyewear bomber eyewear has you covered um over 40 
styles of frames. And I don't even know how many different color combinations and style combinations of lenses. Um, I know I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm everything I wear is a safety lens also. And, uh, you know, I was just doing a little project, uh, Monday that, um, I was so grateful to have my bombers stuck on the back of my head because I had to do some cutting and some routing and, and, uh, whatnot. And, boom flipped them over i mean i'm wearing my shade was wearing my shades inside but the bombers keep my eyes safe now for i don't know probably uh it's got to be eight or nine years now i don't trust my beautiful blues to anything but bomber eyewear find them online bomber eyewear.com on instagram at bomber eyewear of course the premix podcast our boy Cole uh, sharing his passion for desert racing through the lens of the camera and his passion for getting attention behind the microphone at your event. Whether you need an answer or an MC, hit him up, slide into his DMs on Instagram woo, 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 <laughs> at the premix podcast. All one word. That's the at symbol. T-H-E-P-R-E-M-I-X-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Nailed it. Thank you. Kelsey Morrell Film, man, she has been working her butt off since we've done this little restructure. Um, and we have, I promise you, we have episodes coming. We have, I think, 11 episodes in the can right now. Um, just, I am on the road. Uh, for a couple more three or four more days here and uh, they are in my portable hard drive at home in my home studio slash office so hit up our youtube channel mad dog media or our youtube podcast on the youtube channel and catch them they'll be coming up soon next week and thank you so much for doing all that work. Kelsey Morrell Film. Find her on Instagram at Kelsey Morrell Film. Of course, you know, logo changes, um, template changes. Who do we call? Hey, Keeks. If you need help with social media, need help with a website, need a website built, need a social media campaign, or just some uh, uh, marketing and influencer guidance hit her up yell hey keeks find her online heykeeks.com or on instagram at heykeeksmarketing dude what a week holy cow i mean crazy all kinds of crazy this week yeah and and you can't even share all of it that's how crazy it's been but the fact you're even here tonight is uh let's be honest kind of a miracle it's uh you know what I love this show. I love you. I love our fans. And uh, really, you know, nothing's really going to hold me back from this. Um, so uh, with that being said, I would ask our fans, uh, whoever your higher power is, if you would uh, just uh, maybe say a prayer to your higher power um, for my family, we could sure uh, use a little grace right now. So, um Moving on, Dakar, dude, uh, kicker, 
AMA Pro Arena Cross Championships Round 6, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Um, kicker Unmasked Live. A uh, couple of little top secret projects. And um, that's just like most of my last week. So how about yours? Uh, my last week is living vicariously through your week. Uh, I woke <laughs> up today, which is Wednesday when we're recording this, to see that you were on another episode of Kicker Unmasked Live. Yeah, that's so much fun. And I'm, I'm really uh, blessed and feel very fortunate and humbled that they that they asked me to be on the show. Um, you know, and I always try and contribute something you know yeah no i i would i one you killed it again which is great uh two i was kind of laughing because i'm watching it and if if our loyal listeners didn't see it last night uh please go on kicker's instagram and make sure to watch both parts uh of a great episode of unmasked live but you were asked with a question that that would have broke my brain and it's not <laughs> even your fault but it was <laughs> Explain the difference between flat track and arena cross. And you had to do it on the fly of like, well, where the heck do we start? And you killed it, dude. You. Thank you. It's like, what's the difference between golf and badminton? You're like, well, they're outside. Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it was. uh, I think it was a difference between flat track and arena cross bikes. But still, you're like, well, and, yeah. it starts with a chassis, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, thank you very much. That's that's especially from someone who spends so much time watching, listening to stuff like this and doing your research. It's very humbling. Um, dude, I was just going full cowboy and shooting from the hip. And you killed it. Yeah. Not no, it's, gonna lie. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, so I know how comfortable you comfortable you are doing this show. And then yeah. seeing you on Unmasked Live, it was like it was like if they plopped you out of this show and just put you in that one. You didn't miss a beat. And that's high production with a producer and you know, real cameras and so so it was exciting yeah. to see you on there again. Yeah, producer, director. The only thing was I asked that I didn't um have to wear the earpiece. That's fair. Because being super hyperactive, if someone's talking in one ear um, and I'm watching the video screen on the with the other eye and and watching John with one eye, um, things could just go to hell in a handbasket in a microsecond. So um, but yeah, now uh, Ernie, JW, um, you know, uh, Steven, my buddy bang bro right there behind the camera um just he did help me at first because i forgot they jumped cameras and now they have big red leds on the cameras like a little red strip they're not big but uh when we first introduced um and they went to the first close-up i was about two seconds behind getting over to the other camera because i forgot that they had a, a close-up cam because, like, everything's remote-controlled. He's back there um, pre-setting everything, 
and monitoring the cameras, but it's all controlled by the producers. So when they're jumping back and forth, um, you really like, you have to watch it without, you know, watch it without watching it. You gotta be without meth without ruining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God, how funny. And it's yeah. Good job on all that stuff, man. Because it would be so distracting to not see what camera you're pointed on and then just do a little dramatic, like, and that's how I would do it or something, some tag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that was a good time, man. Thank you for those kind words. I, I have fun with those guys or they're like family to me. And I'm so proud of, of really what they've done. I mean, um, the principle behind unmasked live started, um, with, uh, JW, who's who's a director of events and marketing promotions, uh, Ernie, who's a director of uh, of media, and then uh, also Bill, who's the director of social media and copywriting, uh, or the Bill manages the social media and copywriting, um, and you know it all started back in 2020 when they elected not to go to SEMA and I think Jeremy and Ernie put the pitch on to Mr. Campbell, um, that we should try and do something like this. And if you remember right, SEMA attempted to do like a virtual thing, um, that was a disaster in 2020. And yet the first day of opening day of SEMA, um, they had the conference room set up just like a SEMA booth and they had right from the get, I mean, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, they handled all of everything from product supply to, um, consumer interaction through, uh, the TV show brilliantly through the blip. So, you know, it's a real statement Testament to their commitment to the brand and to their customers so they did a good job i'm proud of them no i know it's it's funny because if uh even if you watch one episode you can tell that there's loyal people that listen and people that are literal hobbyists of doing audio stuff because they'll write in they'll ask questions and it's once again i'm so biased but it's like name another top tier audio company that has a show every other week where you can write in questions and they're going to be very informative about it. They're not going to be trying to sell you on products. Uh, no, it's free, you know, yeah. um, once again, I'm biased, but, uh, yeah, that just shows what, what, what a badass company kicker is for sure. Well, you're biased and you're right. So, you know, that's not, that's, not, that's normal, uh, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a horrible combination. Um, something you're used to though. So, but, uh, yeah, man. So I think we recorded a week ago night and then I was, um, off to set up in Guthrie, get with the crew, um, get things lined out. It was great because Guthrie is, uh, you know, like 40 miles or something. It's from, uh, Stillwater where kicker world headquarters is. So I love that race because, um, we have a ton of the kicker employees that come out. And, you know, when I'm working the activation, it just, it really makes me proud for them to see what they've done. Right. So 
what a big deal of what they do is in the real world application. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it was, uh, it was super cool. It was cold at night. Um, not Nebraska cold, but still single digits. Um, and, uh, you know, I just got in there Thursday, man, got, got things set up and dealt with it and, um, worked around a few little things and, uh, and, uh, J dub brought Friday morning, uh, J dub brought the, uh, kicker general that I built, um, the mechanical side of and lighting side, um, which if you haven't seen it, um, go to, uh, should, I think it's on their, uh, Facebook page somewhere, but, um, it's a four seat Polaris general, um, on 10 inches of lift with 20, uh, uh, 20 inch wheels on 37 inch BKT ag tires. Um, it's got, uh, four, six and a half inch speakers, Marine speakers in the cab, along with a 10 inch subwoofer. And then it has four of their insanely incredible, uh, Marine tower, nine inch Marine tower speakers and three of their weatherproof double-sided 10 inch subwoofers sticking out the back and it's party, it party it. on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, all party. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun that and the, and the Kawasaki, uh, Terex two seater, which again, um, pretty mild in the cab, couple of six and a half eight inch seat shaker mounted right at the back of the passenger seat. Um, but then, uh, couple of the marine horns mounted in the back and then two 12 inch l7s subwoofers in a giant ported box taking up the whole trunk and the louder that thing gets the harder it pounds it's just just uh it's an earful and an eyeful you know it's a beautiful car so and they didn't make you jump the finish line in the general, I'm sorry I put that on social media. Sorry yeah. for the pressure. They, uh, the track builder actually suggested it also, and I, I decided that it's probably not a good idea. So, um, but man, what a great weekend! You know, the the fans showed up Friday, and uh, it was great racing. Um, Ryan Brees on the 450, uh, the track, dude. We need to cover the track. VMAC, Vernon from VMAC Tracks um, was really cool. He got to use a little bit of his imagination, you know, when you've got 600 feet by whatever the width is to work with. Um, and the dirt, probably the best dirt in the series. Um, Not Mr. dirt, it's clay. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was uh john myers on unmasked live last night that oklahoma dirt but it really is great dirt and you know it's in it's in a horse arena um last words were horse arena so we can take it from it's in a horse arena right 
it's in a horse arena, but but the dirt is top quality. I mean, they have rodeos in there. They have um, like some serious the Iron Man Finals Rodeo, um, which is like I don't even know what it all it consists of. Like eight different events. Wow. Um, it's like a week long rodeo, man. Um, stuff like that. Mister Paul that runs the building out there. Um, is real picky about the dirt. They're really good at working with the arena cross guys. So they start putting water on as soon as they possibly can. So the track could be watered every day with a water truck for four days before they even get there to start building the track. Um, dirt super consistent. They use it all out of the floor, 36 inches of dirt in the floor crazy i think they do like monster trucks or something there too they used to they haven't used in a while. to got it okay yeah but that that's how big this freaking horse arena is that they can do yeah. that it's actually the largest indoor equine arena in the country so it's massive and you saw the pictures of the track and the video i sent you um uh what we have six and a half lanes yeah, because they're actually able to do, for our Supercross fans out there, they're actually able to do uh, like 45-degree turns and kind of get a little sideways with some of the rhythms and stuff like that. So it's not all 90s and 180s. Got a little creative with it. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. That track was super entertaining. Um, and, man, you know, it just it was good racing. I mean, Ryan Brees won. I, I actually had a chance to talk to Ryan Brees a little bit Friday, and and I really haven't had much of an opportunity to communicate with him. Um, so I didn't really like to say jury was out, you know, because I hadn't really talked to him, right? But uh, very nice, well-spoken, intelligent racer for sure. And, and uh, you know, definitely a good dude. Um so yeah it's just dude it was just crazy how big that track was um and i'm trying to look first practice so they were running right at 51 second laps uh so if if uh you're not familiar that's almost the length of a supercross track yeah because the supercross track tries to go between 53 and 59 seconds for TV time. So if you're doing that on arena cross, that's a very large layout. Yeah. And they, that was of course, first practice. So by um, second practice, I think Brees or by qualifying, I think Brees cracked in uh 44, six. Um, and Peter's cracked in like a high 44. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, it was still, you know, when you consider um, in Loveland, they were running 27-second laps. Um, it's almost twice as long. It, it's going to sound extreme, but to me, that almost that's almost a different sport. Yeah, really, really. Um it was a lot of rhythm sections, a lot of varied rhythm sections. The whoops were gnarly again. Um, 
I think at practice Friday, they claim four of the, uh, I think they claim four of the potential uh, guys trying to get into the AB all-star. Um, so, you know, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy track and the racing was good. Um, Friday, lots of entertainment. Um, Brees got, uh, got the jump. There was some competition. Peters, I think kind of wadded into kind of bundled up in a mess in the first, first turn and worked his way out, worked his way back and pulled all the way up, uh, to a, uh, second place. And, um, I think he got second. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And then, uh, in pro main one, uh, Isaiah Clark managed to, uh, hold out for third, uh, with a close fourth being Kyle Bitterman. And I think Bitterman still, you know, he took such a digger in Madison or Grand Lakes. Um, he might still be off just a touch. Uh, he didn't look a thousand percent himself. But Clark looked racy again. He seems to be getting stronger every race. And, um, you know, coming back from that injury, it takes time. And, uh, man, it was like uh, just exciting, you know. And it was it was fun to watch. There were so many good races going on, um, even during, like, the main, you know. I know there was a uh, – I'm, I'm – not going to name him because I actually know him, but oh. there was a supercross rider um, who's made consistently at times made the mains um, that was talking some uh, smack apparently on social media about coming out and taking home the paychecks. Um, and just to put it in perspective, he didn't make, the pro main. But it was the bike's fault. It was his mechanics fault. The, the, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, but I, I'm not going to lie. I don't, but text me after. Sorry. Yeah, listeners, That's the most annoying thing in the world, but you got to let me know after. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, we have to be careful. I've known this guy for a long time. So, but, um, I thought it was great because the arena cross boys put on a clinic. Um, as they should, Coming to home turf, yeah. Gonna talk, uh, talk, talk a big talk. Gonna get beat down. Better throw it down or or get beat down. So, but it was a good night. Um, good night of racing, man. I packed her up, kind of stored things away, and called it night. And on to Saturday for the pro am, dude. Another great day. Oh, I forgot pro two. So pro main two. Uh, Brees was in the back, started dead last. Peter started right beside him. Um, Peters is an arena cross Jedi. I, I, I don't know what to say. He's Yoda, he, dude. He's the guy. Totally Yoda. <laughs> he, he like worked his way through the traffic really quickly, smoothly without contact. Um, and he put it down. And you gotta remember Brees riding a 450 and this is a big racetrack that the 450s are good on right 
and KP got out there. And at one point, Brees uh, looked like he was chasing him down a little bit, but then he just kind of just flattened out. And uh, KP showed, one, showed his determination, but two, showed um, his training and his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, endurance. Because, you know, there's a big difference between running, uh, what we run, 20 laps, 24, 18? Uh, let me look that up. I can't remember what they run. Anyways, between, let's just say 20 to use a number until Cole verifies it and calls me a liar. Um, but uh, big difference in between running 20, 27 second laps and 20. 47 second laps but it was uh it was good you know peter's just stayed right out there and was cranking um and i gotta tell you he won of course and uh i gotta tell you it has been a long time since i have seen kp so jacked up on a win and because i think even a lot of the arena cross crew just automatically gave the win to the big bikes. And here he is on 250 and kept them all, you know, I think he won by probably like three seconds or four seconds. So, so but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of 13 and 14 laps. Okay. How do you feel, so about, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I may have ran 14. It's a big arena, but yeah, you were there, but it's not timed. I don't think. No. I think they run a specific at any rate um, conditioning and just honoriness. I mean, KP and he was so jacked, dude. It's been so long since I saw him like up on top of the double revving the bike and, and playing to the VIP stands and slapping hands all down the wow. all down the side of the arena alongside the whoops like people hanging out there and he was he was just uh like high and all the way down it was really cool he was really excited um i think kyle bitterman pulled the third and isaiah clark pulled the fourth so three four this week for isaiah um and uh just some great racing dude just some great racing while all that was happening. Um, and I was busy literally, uh, eight 30 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. My good man, Cole was keeping track of Dakar for me because I think last time we recorded, they had what two stages to go or yeah, one two, stage? Two, two to go from the time we were recording yep. two to go. Yeah. So, um, and that was stage 11 and stage 12. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Um, our Americans did pretty okay in stage 11. Um, I think the Brayback finished second 11. Maybe. He did, which was, which was kind of scary, but I think it was also strategical, but it was, yeah, second. So, yeah. And then uh, Mitchie finished, I think think fifth yes yep and uh aj finished um where did he end up finishing like ninth or something 
he was top 10 for sure. Cause he was running about that six, seven range. And so yeah, yeah. he was, he was very consistent with that in the last few days. Yep. And, uh, Sarah, I think, uh, was 11, the one she won 10. She won, uh, Ooh, she'll correct us, but but I I think she won ele- I think she won eleven because it made everything look so good getting ready for the next day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was ten because her and Ricky both won. That's right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, but I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ten. That sounds right. Yep. Because yeah. when we recorded, we talked about Ricky and Sarah both winning a stage. The yep. same day. Correct. And I think Mitchie had won 10 or something also. And so, um, man, they, uh, so they got to the final stage. Hopes were high. Um, and, you know, huge, huge congratulations to Ricky Brabeck um, and Team American Honda, I think it is. Monster Energy Honda or Team American Honda um on their big win man crazy his second dakar win um now i believe there's only been two americans to ever win dakar in their class back to back twice yep Yep. yeah and that would be aj jones um in t4 and t3 at the time and now ricky uh ricky Brayback. So we have a couple of US couple time, not back to back, but there you go. Winners. Nice save. Nice yeah. save. <laughs> yeah. I I got I was like it wasn't back to back. It was uh two time winners. Two time winners. Yes. Yep. Yeah, which is super impressive, especially on the bike in the bike class. Um I believe in stage eleven, um Seth was uh I believe Seth stopped and helped a teammate and it put him another, you know, all that 20 or 30 minutes he'd made up from, I think he made up 20 minutes from being 48 minutes behind with the penalty or something and uh, lost like 30 minutes of that helping a teammate. (coughs) But you know what? Kind of his, kind of his job right now. Yeah, and really, really, um, I mean, he was running top five when he pulled over. Yeah, yeah. So he was there, but he did the right thing, and that's the kind of person Seth is, you know? We'll talk about being a team player because you know you're out of the overall and you still want to win stages because that's your personal legacy but also the team that's paying you to be over there wouldn't hate if you helped out the guy that's doing better. So perfectly navigating his, his, his role for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they ended up actually uh, in talking to Amy, they ended up having to take some parts off of his truck to go off of his Toyota to go on. um, Whoever it was, Toyota and uh to keep them moving and um and do the repair work apparently and then got them going got their stuff put back together got going and uh like 
30k down the road they were broke again they had to pull another part off of their truck and um yeah it's just you know uh but we're power to him i mean he he i think you know i'm sure seth wasn't happy with the outcome but i think he proved a beyond a shadow of a doubt that he may be 21 but he's mature enough to hold a high ranking position in that team and mature enough to do the right thing yeah. over just go for the win. Yeah. And, and uh, as Americans, we know that he's extremely fast. I mean, liquid, he just did it at Vegas Torino. Yeah. So it's so you wish you could explain to this international audience. You're like, look, this dude's, ridiculously insane and if the equipment would have held up and i'm not saying that the toyota is a bad vehicle by any means but i'm saying like perfect scenario if the the truck would have held up god only knows what would have happened yeah absolutely and, and you know prime example uh, uh mitchy's car up through through stage 11 and very little issues he lost very little position very little time um and that brings us to stage 12. Yeah. Uh, weird morning, huh? Yeah. The sweater came unraveled. Um, you know, um, Sarah had an issue, which she had been just super consistent and doing a great job. Top 10 every class. Just nipping at the stage. heels of the soul trade. Just, just right yeah. there. And she was actually had... Going into 12, she had the um, a very good possibility of taking the overall, which would have lit the world on fire, honestly. Um, but um, apparently she had an issue. She dropped from second overall to, uh, I believe, fourth. And, um, and you could tell in her interview, that she was just gutted and just being political doing her deal, but broken up for sure. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you, um, she, she called it on herself though. She was like, I went for the win and you know, it didn't work. And we went from second to fourth or fifth or wherever the overall finish she was at. Um, so, yeah, she was gutted, but she owned it. Right. Yep. So huge, huge props to Sarah. Um, Seth had a good run. Um, I think didn't in 12, didn't he top five? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So kind of capped it off on a positive note and keep in mind, these are the best Dakar and world rally raid driver drivers in the world. I mean, all over the world in the best equipment and navigators and navigators. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the right seats are by far the best. Um, other than a few like rally world rally um navigators but i don't speak same language as them so i don't know how good they really are um but uh no he i think he did an admirable job um 
because he proved he could be fast with those guys and be competitive with those guys. And those guys, I guarantee, are going to be watching him. All the ones that are qualified and will run the um, World Rally Raid Championship are going to be looking over their shoulders. So yeah, you would I, you would you would hope so for their sake. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think I'm I'm going to go out on a limb. So round one of the World Rally Raid Championship is down with Dakar. Um, I'm thinking that we will see Quintero with a stage win by the end of round three. Isn't yeah? That's I would take that bet all day. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think uh, you know, and then Mitch Guthrie had a horrible final stage. Um, and he also, in his interview, he obviously was just gutted. Um, he had a 25 minute lead, um, and 30 K into, uh, stage 12, um, the, not the liaison, but the actual rally portion. What do they call that? The special the special. Yeah. 30K into the special, uh, the car blew an intercooler tube, um, which I'm still having troubles with because I know he pushed that car a lot harder, a lot earlier in the race. And they had zero failures of that in the previous 11 press prologue. So 12 stages. Um, It's very suspicious that that early on to me, um, you know, it's, I just find it suspicious that the American had a weird and unusual failure, um, especially considering in my opinion, don't get mad folks, but in my opinion, um, the media spent a lot of time covering one of Mitch Guthrie's teammates a lot of time who happened to end up winning uh but basically if mitch would have had a day like the day before um and would not have had the intercooler turbo or the intercooler charge pipe problem that he had never experienced in two years of racing the car in that car um oddly it just all of a sudden popped up um, I don't think she stood a chance of catching him. Um, so that's just my opinion. Um, take it for what you will. I may be a conspiracy theorist or I may be right. Um, but you're one of them. But I am something. <laughs> um, but I'm really proud of Mitchie. Uh, You know, he did a great job. A great poise considering all that happened. They ended up late losing uh gearbox. Um so it was very strange. Some very strange failures for a car that hasn't had that. Um and been so consistent. But maybe they just reached, you know, the end of the life expectancy of those parts. Just but hit its um, time. It's possible. Coincidence. Or uh, uh, maliciousness, you know, um, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, 
So I think all that being said, I think the FIA uh, and Dakar got the challenger champion they wanted. And I'll leave it at that. But on top of it, Mitchie did come out with the World Rally Raid Round 1 championship, which runs in conjunction with, but I guess basically separate from the Dakar scoring system. Yeah, and it, uh, the best way I can describe it, and I hope one damn person understands what I'm saying, but the Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the NASCAR calendar, but it's also the first one, and that's the same with Dakar. It's the biggest one, but it's the first one. So there's a couple more rounds to go between Sonora and Abu Dhabi, um, and there's one more I'm missing, and I'll get corrected on it. But uh, Spain. Spain, España. But, but yes. Mitch is off to a great start. Yeah, he really is. And, um, you know, he, he showed a lot of poise. He looks really good. The car looks good this year, very reliable. Um, and so I think, you know, I think that'll be a lookout. AJ, um, again, had a tough stage 12, I think, with a ninth overall and ended up finishing fifth overall but I believe that's dropped him into third place overall in the world rally raid championship. So um, all that being said, it was entertaining. It was a nail biter to the end. Um, I'm gutted for Mitchie um, and I feel bad for Sarah and I feel bad for Seth having the issues early, but I'm really proud of all of them. AJ, um, I'm not sure what was happening there. I don't know if South Racing just was behind the eight ball. He didn't have mechanical issues. Um, it's just like it's like the car wasn't as good as some of the other ones. You know what I mean? Um, like from last year to this year. You know, I've and I've seen it when I was circle track racing where, um, you know, the guys were the fastest and the car was the fastest and you come back the next season and some of us made changes and all of a sudden that team is fifth, not first anymore, you know, because people adapt and change and get creative and um, build better cars and find ways to make them better and and if you don't change anything, um, you know, and I'm not saying that's what happened. It just looked like the car to me was a tick, maybe a tick off in performance observation only. Um, I haven't even had a chance to talk to AJ. I sent my message and said, welcome home. Great job. He sent me a message back and said, thanks, bud. Nice. Um, and that was it, you know? So, um, but uh, nonetheless, he still get a, did a great job. I mean, I'm sure for him, he's frustrated because he didn't win a third Dakar. But, uh, you know, he finished in the top five of some of the, arguably the best side-by-side off-road racers in the world, you know. So um, good job, buddy. 
and yeah. no uh, stranger to do it. So yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, Dakar. It was it was a gut wrencher on the last day. It just my heart broke. Uh, but you know, we carry on and uh, and keep moving forward. And uh, I had some projects. I as we covered, I was I'm able to uh, spend. Uh, three days this week instead of flying home for a day and flying back for a day and being at home for two days uh i spent three days out here uh at kicker world headquarters um just working on some projects and some other stuff and um some promo stuff for him and um man just blessed to be around uh the kicker people are such great people um blessed to be around them and uh tomorrow morning it's back to the arena um start getting stuff set up and uh get the whole booth reset i didn't have to break down the structure um but i can tell you for a fact they put on uh two days of arena cross school in preparation for the ama national championships saturday and sunday um so I know things are going to be a dusty mess. Fair enough. Yeah. A hugely dusty mess. <laughs> well, I don't know. It'll mix things up, I guess. Yeah. So, um, man, great times. Great times. Glad to be out here. Looking forward to round seven uh, this Friday, live on Mav TV, live on... Uh, What's the app? Arena Cross USA, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Should be should be a super cool deal. And uh, and you know, then uh, get to travel back home Sunday um, because of the logistics of everything. Getting the side by sides transported back to Kicker headquarters and stuff. Um, we'll wrap Friday night and get side by side loaded, uh, both of them in the big trailer. So J dub can haul them back to headquarters and then I'll go in Saturday and, and clean everything and pack down and do it right. Um, so yeah. And then it's boom home a couple days and we're off to Prescott Valley, Arizona round, uh, eight. So Friday is a mid-season race. We're halfway through the season officially. Crazy. Yeah. It went so fast. Yeah. So it's, uh, man, talk about some traveling coming up, though. I've got Prescott Valley. Um, the following weekend is Reno. And then I think I have two weekends off. Um, and then a, I think it's a Friday pro night arena cross pro night daytona during bike week i'm trying to figure out so bad how, yeah trying to figure out how to um work the thursday um american flat track round one daytona short track if i am in daytona that week i will be there for sure um, no matter what, because I should have my credentials by then. Um, 
and then uh, AMA Fly, uh, uh, Kicker AMA Arena Cross Championships again the following Friday, thir- uh, Friday and Saturday. So there's potential to do Arena Cross, American Flat Track, potential to do American Flat Track, Arena Cross Pro, Arena Cross Pro. Um, cause they're going to do a double header. They have moved Denver round to the end of Daytona. Um, so I actually get three races in Daytona, uh, in the championship series, which is cool, but I potentially could do, uh, three races in three days. So pretty excited about that. Um, and then, uh, a couple weeks off. And March 29th season wraps where it all began, like where it began way back when. And that would be, it's the test, Cole. I don't know. You travel 80,000 miles a year. You tell me. The Orleans Arena at the Orleans Casino Resort Hotel. I swear the first place Enduro Cross ever happened in the United States. It's all coming back. Yep, I think uh, one of the very first, the first year of arena cross they raced there also, perhaps. Yeah, I know, I know they haven't been there in, uh, I think, twenty years or over twenty years. So, for for arena cross or enduro? Yeah, cross? for arena cross. Uh, I has think, it been less? Yeah, because I, th- I could be wrong, and please correct me, uh, any know. listeners. But uh, I think that they were there. 2017 where i think that uh yeah the championship finale came down to the last main so i think i think they were there within the last five years but but it had been a long time before that yeah so oh that's awesome but uh looking forward to being there and that's where that seasonal wrap and uh was blessed enough to get the call that uh uh as it is currently scheduled, the Red Bull Sand Scramble in Glamis will be the March 16th weekend. So Sweet. I will be out there for that also. Um, and that playing. feels so soon. Yeah, I know. I'll be uh, I'll be your favorite mall cop out there. <laughs> uh, just doing whatever uh, I St. can St. Patrick's do. Day weekend. Yikes. Oh, that should be good. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, man, super exciting. Um, you know, a lot of cool stuff coming for sure. Um, we had a really cool guest lined up for tonight and unfortunately had a little family deal. So, um, but I think we're rescheduling that for next week. And, and, uh, then we have another, super cool legend um that will be on just shortly after that so gonna have a lot of good stuff coming up um really looking forward to it cole what you got man just uh we'll uh we'll call this the end segment for uh for news stuff but jd beach released what he's doing this year and he is this year leaving flat track to go do moto america Mm full-time so mixed emotions on that for sure uh i think that uh as we stand right now flat track has a lot better tv coverage 
I think the writers are a lot more known. I think the fan base is a little bit better. Um, but the flip side of things that I, I really hope that uh, Moto America comes back in big strides and, and it takes people like JD beach to do that. So uh, I know that he is doing it because he's damn good at it and that he is passionate about it and road racing is badass to begin with. Um, but I'm, but uh, I'm sad to see him leave flat track, but I hope that this is a big shot in the arm for Moto America because it needs to be in more televisions across America. Yeah, for sure. And, and JD is such a huge personality and an even bigger talent. Um, that, you know, I, w- I was really bummed when I found out that he was not going back. Uh, first, I, I found out he wasn't going to be with Estenson. And that was I'm a big like, shock to begin with. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, who's hiring him? What's he going to ride? And um, I talked to some people in the know and, and found out that he was not returning. And, uh, you know... I happened to talk to a couple other people that are real close and uh, the, the theory we had was he was going to Moto America full time. Um, Although we had hoped that he would still try and flat track part time. Like he did the year where he flat tracked full time and Moto America part time, but you know, and maybe that's not completely out of the question. I think, um, if the opportunity is there f- for him to maybe hit a couple of AFT races that, uh, man, I hope, I hope he, there's a team that signs him, um, particularly the TTs because what better name to get, what better way to get your name out there than to, uh, you know, Hire the Boris said of TTs, if you will. Yeah, what a name drop. Yeah, I was uh, I was having <laughs> memories of like uh, Mert Lawwell or somebody. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's funny that we're living in the times right now. But when you look back in 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're like, oh, he was so good at flat track. He was so good at Moto America. The dude could show up in a motocross track and be all the locals if he wanted to. And he doesn't even doesn't even claim to be a motocross rider. So uh, right. just shows you, I don't know. It's just so crazy to have somebody who's so talented that he can jump series to series and be such a reckoning force in whatever he signs up for. And, you know, the thing is there's, there's very, very few of those kind of riders. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they give him good equipment, he'll be on many podiums this year in Moto America. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting to uh, find his way up to Moto GP because, you know, that's the next natural progression. Yeah, that um, would be so cool. It would be because really do America needs a hero on a good bike over there again. And, it's you been know, a while. Um, yeah, it has been. So what else you got? King of the Hammers, we're in the midst of it right now. Uh, Cody Webb just won King of the Motos last weekend. My buddy um, Cody. Your well buddy done. Cody. Yeah. Our uh, friend of the show, Cooper Abbott, did very well. Yes. Um, had a, a, a good finish. Uh, conditions have been great. 
uh, what's so crazy just for the timestamp purposes of this is, uh, is we had so much rain here in Southern California that the entrance Boone Road was totally shut off yesterday because because yeah. it's just completely flooded right now. So uh, the race is staged and the vendor area is placed on a dry lake bed. But what happens to a dry lake bed when it rains, it becomes a lake. So that's where right. we're at right now with that. Um, yeah, just crazy. It's a, uh, it's been, I don't, I, I would never want to be Dave Cole. I'm glad that he does what he does to make sure this, this race <laughs> happens every year. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine trying to bring a big corporate sponsors like Ford and Yokohama and beef Goodrich, um, you know, Chuck from Pro Eagle, all these big name guys try to bring them down there and the damn road to get into the entrance is flooded and with nothing to do with anything that's in your control. So yeah. uh, just, just, just another, uh, another interesting aspect of off-road racing. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, love him or hate him. Dave Cole puts on a great show yeah. and hammers has grown from, you know, when we had Nicole Johnson on here, she talked about when hammers was, just like people getting like together. It was a hobby crawlers thing. getting together, you know, and now it is um, one of the most internationally recognized off-road races in America. Yeah. It's gotta be the competitors toughest one day event everywhere for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know what King of the Hammers is, please go to their website, Google it, check it out. Um, you'll go, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And that's that's your hood. Like, I think you were born in a mud puddle out there, weren't you? I definitely spent a lot of uh a lot of uh treacherous miles out in Johnson Valley, thanks to my dad Mike Farrell dragging me out there. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my home turf. So nice name uh, drop. I was, uh, I was contemplating saying this on the show or not, but, uh, there was a little bit of me that was like, yeah, look at all these out of town people don't even know how to navigate Johnson Valley when it rains, but the reality right. is like, <laughs> like, I can't be petty. I'm like, yeah, like we, everybody yeah. needs to pick up their trash and spend the money and, and, uh, you know, and, and help out out there. So I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be so petty, but yeah, Johnson Valley is insane when it rains. Uh, by the time your tires hit the dirt, your your vehicles gain fifty pounds of mud. That's not ever going to come off. Um, so if you're from out of state, welcome because this is reality. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of the areas are going to be gnarly muddy. Um, I saw a report from Dave Cole on i think fish that um that uh they were already having to water this afternoon water the track i'm i'm assuming the short course because of dust i would think so yeah uh crazy how the desert can't handle an influx of water but then how quickly it needs it yeah yeah so that's pretty cool. What else you got? Uh, lastly, I'll be at Supercross this weekend. So if you see me, come uh, nice. say hi. So that's uh, that's it for for all my updates. Uh, I got nothing race-wise on the books for the rest of this month, but it's already the 24th. So I guess that's 
kind of irrelevant because the month is over, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, you know, as we're closing out the show, um, we take a quick moment to say goodbye to an unbelievably talented, but tormented, incredible racer. I did not know him personally, but I spent a lot of time with, uh, with, uh, his team owner yep. Yep. and a lot of time with the only bike chief that could ever work with him, um, for any amount of time who shared every win of his, um, Larry Kano become a good friend of mine there at Muzzy's and, and, um, we would sit down and he would tell me detailed minute by minute stories of, of Gobert, the go show and what kind of person he was and what kind of racer he was. And, and, um, you know, I feel, even though I never got to meet him, I feel like, uh, I know him to a degree, you know, yeah, and, just a, a such a huge personality in road racing for sure. Yeah, and and there again, another person that was talented. I mean, he could ride a dirt bike. He could ride, you know, a super bike. Um, if it had two wheels, he could ride it. And you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, he seemed to always be fighting the demons of drug addiction. Yeah, he was uh, wide open in life for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it caught up with him and cost him his life this last week, the Go Show. Uh, Anthony Gobert, here's to you. Race in peace. Godspeed, my friend. Thank you for all the entertaining videos you left behind and the great stories. Um, R.I.P., buddy. Yeah, rest in peace. Just crazy to uh, to th- it's 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 and you know you know Mr. Rob Muzzy so much better than even I do, but it's it's crazy to think of those two guys in the same room together. You know, <laughs> like just talk about two uh, two 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 polarizing personalities that made magic together. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know. There's so many stories from Rob and Larry about, about Anthony and his talent level. And he really could. I think Rob told me once that, uh, that kid could ride anything, you know, um, and, and ride it like it was gold. And when Rob signed him, um, he was riding, I think a Honda, that was a patched together as, as, uh, you know, patched together piece of shit basically. And he was like running top 10 in a worn out bike. And, uh, when riders were complaining about the, uh, the ZX seven and Rob was doing everything he could to make the bike handle. He puts Gobert on the bike for a test run and the guy runs faster than anybody. And, uh, you know, I think two races in won its first race. Um, so unbelievable talent. Um, yeah, it, it just, uh, you know, it's really, really a shame when you lose such talent 
to such a horrible deal. For sure. And, uh, uh, and, and something that didn't, didn't necessarily have to happen. It's, it makes it a little, little bit more sad for sure. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And you know what? That If you think you have an addiction problem, please seek help before yep. it's too late. Yeah. Just, just, just sad. Um, it's, yep. you know, not, nothing that, uh, nothing we haven't seen before, which is, which is incredibly sad, but what was so, uh, which was nice to see was, was how much like even in today's social media society, I couldn't go on Facebook or Instagram without seeing pictures and, and stories of Gobert. So that would, uh, yeah. you know, that, that, that made it special that, somebody who is so talented, such a, such a wild personality in the road racing world uh, will not easily or quickly be forgotten. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. With that, Cole, I don't think I have anything else. Do the speech. Well, I have one more thing. I saw a speeding oh. ticket uh, from a guy who was on a CBR in Canada. He got an, an $11,000 speeding ticket. Mm. And the first person I thought of was you. So with that, make sure to rate review and subscribe in your favorite <laughs> streaming platform. Mine was not $11,000. No, oh, well, adjust for inflation. It might've been it actually <laughs> adjust for inflation. And it's very possible, especially with the rate of inflation in Canada now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it very well could have been. That was uh Interesting. That's quite the observation. Um, any of you who know me are welcome to ask. I know one loyal listener that knows the whole story and is probably currently laughing his ass off. He so, was probably there. <laughs> uh, or around the situation. He was around or, the situation. Or heard the story he was, multiple times. He was not there. <laughs> But he knows parties involved very well. Um, so with that being said, uh, man, thank you so much, Kicker Performance Audio, for all your 12-volt and personal audio needs. Absolute best in the industry. Get living loud. Hit them up, kicker.com, or on Instagram, at Kicker Audio. Uh, of course, Bomber Eyewear, Bomber Safety Eyewear, bomber floating eyewear the floating sunglasses get them in a polarized safety lens in these cool ice blue boogie bombs like i'm wearing um or get them in you know uh ice red or mirror red polarized safety lens not safety lens over 40 styles of frames and can't even tell you how many styles of lenses hit them up on the web BomberEyewear.com or on Instagram at Bomber Eyewear. Make sure you have got at least 20 pairs. To begin uh, with. <laughs> yeah, to begin with. Um, of course, the Premix Podcast, our man Cole making all the things happen here behind the scenes, uh, producing, co-hosting, busy, life insurancing, um, husbanding physical therapy and gymming dude and getting out and taking photos of your race rig in the desert 
as well as available for your MC or event announcer needs, hit him up on Instagram at the premix podcast, all one word at symbol T H E P R E M I X P O D C A S T. Kelsey Morrell Film. Hit her up on Instagram at Kelsey Morrell Film for all your film production, editing, or making needs. Find her on Instagram at Kelsey Morrell Film. And of course, Hey Geeks Marketing for all your social media needs, website needs, maintenance, building, whatever you need. Yell. Hey Geeks. Hit her up. On the web, heykeeks.com, on Instagram, at heykeeksmarketing. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, at symbol, AFTR underscore podcast. And uh, make sure to follow all our uh, all our supporters. If you want to become a supporter, hit us up. Send us a message. That is at symbol AFTR underscore podcast. Um, other than that, Jim Beaver, thank you for walking us through the introduction of the new Kawasaki Ridge. It is exactly what I expected. All those haters on the web, put your keyboards down and give yourself a smack in the head because I don't know what else you expected. It's called a ridge, like Rocky Ridge, like. A ridge it's is literally a UTV. Yeah, it is very and made by Kawasaki. You know, it's going to be very durable, very tough, very well built. Um, and it's interesting. It's four cylinder with only 116 horsepower, um, which I know that four cylinder inline Kawasaki motor is capable of much, 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 much more. Um, but yeah, the, uh, with that dude, anything to say, stay warm out there, stay safe. I want a lot of Snapchats. I want a lot of track previews. For and, sure. uh, don't forget. Yeah, I will definitely get that stuff over to you. My brother. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, crazies, doctors, principals, and my dude, Healy, Mad Dog out.